Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Hello, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, and this week I'm joined by Ivory Johnson, Director of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging at ChartHop, and Kat Kibben, CEO and founder of Three Years Media. Ivory and Kat, thank y'all so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited for this episode just to have so many queer people on one show, especially with it being Pride Month. So my first question for y'all is, how do you celebrate Pride and what does this month specifically mean for you? Yeah, personally, I celebrate Pride, one, within my organization, really helping to bring that education and awareness to the LGBTQIA community. So bringing in speakers, helping our um, organization understand what does allyship mean to the LGBTQ community. But personally, I try to celebrate pride with just being myself, feeling proud about who I am and being able to bring my whole self to where I am um, here in the city of Atlanta. So I'll say one thing that I've noticed, I think I've lived in 10 different states my entire life. Oh, wow. And that's like my professional life. This is the only city where I actually felt comfortable being a masculine presenting lesbian. And it's probably because I see more people like me walking around. Um, It's more prevalent here than I've seen in other places where I lived. So just going outside and feeling proud that I live in a city that there's others like me and I don't feel like an imposter, but also knowing that I can walk down the street with my partner and our daughter and know that we are safe. So I think Pride Month means to me is one, stepping back and reflecting on how we got here and how we can continue to make progress in the community to ensure that LGBTQ folks are included but also being able to just feel proud about who I am. I'm so happy that you found a city that you can really be yourself in. That's fantastic to hear. Yeah. And what about you, Kat? Yeah. So by day, I joke that I have a gay job and a day job. And so during June, I do the gay job, which is taking, you know, I always clarify that I'm not a DEI expert. That's not how I spend the majority of my time. I spend the majority of my time teaching people to write job postings and build equity and access through that. And so in June, there's a massive shift in how I spend my time because I'm spending that time translating all the stories that I've used with my family to help them understand my evolving identity as a non-binary and trans person and translating that into something that helps people feel safer at work. And I'm really honored to be able to spend my energy that way. And it feels like a celebration in itself because some part of me thinks that it makes it easier for a kid who always felt like I did, that they never belonged anywhere, to feel like they can thrive. And simultaneously, I realized that we get the chance to give parents hope too. We get to let parents see that their kid can be anything. And again, that feels like a lot to celebrate. This year's Pride, I'm celebrating a little differently than I ever have because I am currently traveling the country in a van. And so I've been to 18 different states over the last six months, and I'm currently in Montana, which I'm not sure anyone would be surprised to hear that not a lot of huge Pride celebrations, Uh, but it's more of a personal celebration this year because it's the first time that I feel like I've truly felt 100% like myself, that I've been able to talk about that honestly. And 
be able to do good work with that knowing of myself. That's fantastic. Kat and Ivory, both y'all were talking about how important belonging is. And just from like when I started growing up, when gay marriage got legalized and like I finally started seeing people who were like myself as well, like how both y'all have experienced what kind of shifts have you guys seen in the corporate world? Because it's one thing for your personal life and your social life to feel accepting. And y'all are doing wonderful initiatives within your own companies. So what has that looked like from the start of your career up to now? I don't know how old you are, Ivory, but (laughs) I remember I was married and I used to have to carry around a folder. And the folder was for in case something happened. It gave us the same amount of the kind of coverage. We had to go to a lawyer and say, can you create paperwork that would protect us like a married couple in the state of Tennessee? And I also remember holding that folder the day that gay marriage passed and watching that and experiencing that. So that was my context, right? Back in the day where I I remember saying to my manager, I'm dating someone named Stacy. And they're like, Oh, he sounds wonderful. And I'm like, how many people do you know named Stacy that are a boy? <laughs> right? Like, and now we're in this place where everyone's like, so tell me about them. Right? Like, I think there's definitely been a shift in openness. I think as far as investment, we still have a long way to go. In actual structure that supports all people and not just the person that people feel most comfortable with, the person that we've legislated into equality, right? But it's the actual work that happens behind it that we still have a long way to go. I'll definitely agree there. I think um, on the openness piece, there's been a complete shift. I remember when I started my career, I was going to interviews in suits and I have a very feminine voice. So when you talk to me on the phone and do a phone interview and then you invite me out, you're expecting me to look a certain way. And then when I show up in a suit, I kind of got the big eyes and the frowning looks and feeling like, okay, is something wrong? Do I have something on my face? Um, And I felt like a complete imposter, but I was still going to interviews and I know I killed it out the park, but I would not get the job. And I remember there was one interview I went to at a bank and they actually called me with an offer. I said, hey, we want to make you an offer. About an hour later, someone looked at my LinkedIn, seen how I looked. And then I got the call that, hey, we're actually going to rescind our verbal offer we made you. Oh, my God. So that was very early on in my career. And then shifting to when I worked at Google, seeing that no matter how I looked, no matter how I dressed, it didn't matter. I felt like, okay, like there is actually a place where I do belong. And maybe that's in tech and not in more of the traditional spaces. Um, but I'm seeing that change happen over all industries. However, I think a lot of companies still definitely need to do the work to make sure like structurally, like some of these things are changing and not just the fun things, not just creating ERGs and creating communities and bringing great speakers and going out for pride and getting the pride flags, right? It's what are your benefits looking like? Are they open to the LGBT youth community? Are you openly talking about how benefits could help someone that is trying to transition? Also think about how you can recruit from the community as well um, and increasing your representation as a company, but also creating safe spaces. So like one that's top of mind for me is how do I create gender confirming policies? How do I create like ensuring that our workplace is safe? So if someone's causing harm, what is going to be the steps to ensure that that doesn't happen again? If it does happen again, should this person even be here? So those are like questions I'm asking myself now that I think a lot of companies should be asking or are having those conversations. I think the thing that's really hard for people to understand who are outside of the community is that we have been socialized into shame. And you just gave a really good example that they gave you that look and you had two options. 
you could have like hidden in a closet, changed it up. I used to have curly hair down to my shoulders. I wore pink shirts because I decided that that was the safest option for me. I thought that I couldn't have a career and, 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 and fill in all the blanks. And because society has made it so, you know, knowing who you love is somehow like a bad thing, which don't even get me started on that, right? Because society did that, we have to build safer spaces. We do have to go a little bit beyond that and recognize that there's a different factor that we can't control, but we have to do a little extra work to make sure that people feel safe because it's deep. It's so deep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was actually about to ask you guys about rainbow capitalism and if you guys had any advice for how companies, employers, managers can make their allyship genuine and not just performative, like putting safety measures and precautions into place so everyone feels affirmed and seen. I was laughing earlier because I opened up LinkedIn and I was looking at someone's profile and all the logos were rainbow and I was like, everybody looks gay right now (laughs) because of rainbow capitalism. Seriously, I was like, ha! You look gay now, (laughs) whether you like it or not. And I'm clearly being sarcastic and I want to be very, very clear about that because obviously you are not gay if we put a rainbow on something, Mm -hmm. nor are you an affirming workplace if you slap a rainbow on anything. I think genuinely, if we've never provided education and Ivory, I really want to hear your perspective because you are designing these programs, Mm -hmm. but from the outside looking in as an in theory candidate, I think there's this piece of, I'm always looking for the subtle cues, the obvious stuff, the statements, the rainbow washing, the the balloon arches, you know what I mean? Like I can read right past that. I'm a critical consumer because I've lived an entire life of being told that I wasn't good enough. So I think we have to understand that people are looking for depth, not just design. Agreed. I remember at the beginning of Pride Month, I started seeing, you know, a lot of things on LinkedIn with folks just saying, don't just change your company logos to the rainbow flag, like really back it up with some of the things that you're actually doing to increase representation, to ensure that your culture is safe for those that are part of the community. And, you know, some companies still did it. One thing I wanted to do at my company is I didn't want to change our company logo to the rainbow flag, because I think that automatically comes across as being performative. One thing that I'm really trying to do is ensure that we are being very intentional. So we recently just created our first ERG, which was, they're called IRIS. So Individuality, Respect, Inclusion, and Safety. And they are for the LGBTQ community. And one thing I'm doing with them is really taking them aside and saying, hey, we need to make change in this space. Let's work together to do that. So we're looking at our benefits, trying to ensure that our benefits are as inclusive to the LGBTQ community as possible. So working with our people team to do that and build that out as we start going into open enrollment in the new year, ensuring that our policies are inclusive of those that maybe want to transition. So how does someone even go about that? How does someone even report that in a safe way where they don't feel like it's going to affect their job? Or maybe their manager doesn't agree, but that doesn't affect their performance ratings and things like that. Um, We're also looking for bias in our processes. So one thing I'm doing is auditing all of our performance data, compensation data, attrition data to see if there's any trends across not only the LGBT community, but all communities to ensure that everyone feels like ChartHop is a place where you can belong. So I think companies really need to invest in having the conversation, providing the education and awareness, but also most importantly is becoming comfortable with uncomfortability. 
I think a lot of people are afraid to ask the question, like, what are your pronouns? It's totally fine. Just ask the question, right? But I think we're so uncomfortable with it that we avoid it. So um, that's one thing I'm trying to do at Chart Hop. I love how deep and how seriously y'all are taking it because it's not just you're trying to do things on your own. You're reaching out to the people within your community to make sure that all voices are being heard. Because that's where I think most HR and talent goes wrong in this exact category is we think that best in class means best for us. That's not what that means. Best in class means best for you, best for your people. And if you don't even start by asking questions, stop looking outside for all the answers. There's people who have real need right there. I mean, I'm thinking about my friends who they've been at their company for six years. I'm thinking of one person in particular who they don't have gender neutral bathrooms in their office. And they came out as non-binary during the pandemic and they don't want to go back to the office because there's nowhere for them to use the bathroom. You don't need to call five companies and have some like best in class panel about equality to ask somebody what they need and put up a sign. Yeah, it's true. And kind of from a similar but different perspective, as like a young queer person myself, I'd love to know what kind of advice you have for young professionals who are part of the LGBTQ community, starting their careers and learning to embrace who they really are. Yeah, I'll say for me, I don't know how I had the courage that I did to be able to still show up in interviews knowing that I was going to be probably discriminated against because of how I looked and I continued to do it. Because I remember folks around me saying, just throw a dress on, then you'll get the job. And I was like, no, because when I show up with a suit on, it's going to continue to happen. So what's going to be the difference if I show up in an interview? So my advice would be just be your authentic self. There is a place out here for you. Do not lower yourself to fit into any company because they're not worthy of you. I tell you, there are many companies out here that will give you the worth to feel like you belong, but also that you are just as great as everyone else. Just be yourself. And I promise you, you'll find a home. I think my advice is to go seek out. I'm going to say the elder queers. Seek out people who have lived experiences that you're curious about, that you want to know more about. I learned so much by investing in knowing others and getting to know people. And I've built real relationships with people who were once just someone I followed on Twitter. And now by way of van life, I've ended up sleeping on their couch. Like we've had deep conversations about our first jobs and it has been transformative for me because it gives me a little bit of hope. Right. Like when I have those moments of being like, uh, nobody's going to like me if I tell them who I am, like their momentum and their encouragement that helped me actually believe that I can do it. I think the other piece of advice I have for you is something that one of those, she would be so mad if she knew I called her an elder queer, but <laughs> one of my mentors said to me, and she said, I just want to remind you that you don't have to be remarkable. Oh, wow. As queer people, we convince ourselves, we are convinced through a million different messages that we have to be better than everybody. We have to be smarter, wittier, more charming, fit the box, fit the mold, do all the things, and you have no responsibility to be remarkable. Just be yourself. That is more than enough. Mm-hmm. You are enough, as is, and you don't have to be better than anyone else. And you don't have to work so damn hard just to be, just to be, just be. It's okay. I didn't realize I needed that advice right now myself. So thank you for that. (laughs) You too, Ivory. Your advice was phenomenal too, to really just accept yourself and accept that if someone doesn't like you for who you are, that's their loss, not yours. You never end up somewhere you don't belong. Yeah. That's destiny. Yeah. And you were not put on this planet to just do a bunch of work. 
Like, God, whatever you believe in, did not create you and put you on this planet so you could be a toil away for capitalism, okay? You were put on this planet to be happy. Pursue the happiness. Your peace is the thing that deserves the most energy in your life, not performative shit to make anybody like you. Exactly. So speaking of finding things that make you happy and help you find peace, what are y'all looking forward to this weekend? Well, me and my partner have a 16-year-old daughter. So she usually spends the summers back home with my partner's family. She decided to stay home this summer and work. She changed her mind halfway through the summer and is going back home. (laughs) So she's going off. I'm going to spend the summers having fun back with the family. And then me and my partner are going to spend this weekend all at the pool, just relaxing, sunbathing, having a great time, cooking out. So I'm excited for that. Nice. Yeah. I casually mentioned van life, and so I am going to Glacier National Park, which is one of my bucket list places. It's basically where water meets mountains, and I joke that it's a cloud factory, so I'm really excited to head up there and explore the closest to Canada I'm willing to go. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. It sounds like y'all both have really great weekends in store. And Ivory, Kat, thank you guys so much for joining me for this conversation. It was really a pleasure and it went by really fast. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for having me. This is great. Thank you for having me. Again, I'm Maddie Collins and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.